0: Welcome to the Medical Association of Georgia's award-winning top doc show. With more than 8,000 members who care for patients in every specialty and practice setting, MAG is the leading voice for physicians in Georgia. Go to mag.org to join MAG if you're a physician in Georgia. And thanks to Alliant Health Solutions for its support as a sponsor. Hey, what's up, everyone? It is C.W. Hall, your host here on another episode of the award-winning Top Docs Radio Show with Medical Association of Georgia. As you can see, we're doing our show remotely now, uh, given the situation that we have going on uh, with the COVID-19 crisis. And today, we're going to address ways that people who don't have health insurance or those who have lost their health insurance as a result of the COVID-19 outbreak can obtain health insurance, keeping in mind that some 10 million people have already filed for unemployment in the United States in the last two weeks alone. Our guest is Dr. Steve Cohen. He's a general internist with Wellstar Health System. I appreciate you sitting with us today.
1: Uh, thanks for having me here.
0: When we're looking at this number of people moving out, at least temporarily, of the, of the workforce and then uh, groups of people out there already, some of whom didn't have health insurance, I mean, How big of a problem do you think this is going to get uh, with people losing their job-related health plans?
1: Um, I think it's going to be terrible. I think we'd all agree there's no good time to lose your health insurance, but the middle of an epidemic is probably the worst time that that could happen. I've seen estimates that somewhere between 10 and 35 million people are going to lose the health insurance they have related to their job. And I think when you're figuring out where did those numbers come from, you need to realize it's not just the employee that loses their insurance, but frequently it's their family members that are on the plan. Right now, I've got my health insurance through my work at Wellstar. If I didn't have that job, then not only would I lose my insurance, but so would my, would my wife and two of my children.
0: Yeah, same situation here. Um, I'm insured through my wife's plan. Uh, same Same exact exposure here. Um, When you look around at the options, obviously there's those exchange plans, ACA plans out there that uh, folks can find online. I mean, how much of an option is something like that if I'm one of those people that loses that employer based plan? Do you know?
1: Uh, Well, it's definitely an option for you. Um, The ACA plans have the limitation that they may have a large deductible, which is the amount you have to pay before they start paying the bills. But having said that, I, I think it's a good idea. Uh, typically, to get on an ACA or Obamacare plan, you can only do it during a certain time of the year, which is called open enrollment. Mm-hmm. Generally, if you miss that period, you're out of luck. You have to wait till next year. Having said that, there are several exceptions when you can go on it earlier. Um, for example, if you lose your empl- health insurance that you had through your job, You've actually got 60 days to apply for the ACA health plans. Um, and you can actually start that application 60 days before you lose the insurance. So let's say you've got a significant medical problem. You've got cancer or heart disease, and you know that you're going to lose your insurance 30 days from now. You can go ahead and put in your application, and then hopefully the day that you lose the job-related health insurance, you're picked up on the ACA plan. Um, that exception of 60 days before and after you lose your job for applying uh, for the ACA plans is true for most of the country having said that there's some states uh, California New York Massachusetts Washington DC and several others that have opened things up so that if you're in those states regardless of whether you've lost your health insurance you can still apply for an ACA plan so if you've never had health insurance and you're getting nervous because of what's happened with the epidemic, you can go ahead and apply for that if you're in one of those states.
0: If I'm in the situation where myself and my spouse are working, we're both insured through a work-related plan, one of us loses our access to our, you know, our, our work-related plan, is it possible? Are they doing similar things to where I can be moved over and join on my spouse with with some of the same sorts of Opportunity you just described for ACA. Yeah, that's a great question and the answer to that is yes Um, if you lose your
1: insurance through your job and your spouse is employed you can go ahead and get on your spouse's plan and you have 31 days from the day You lose your insurance to do that having said that I want to clarify that the day when the clock starts ticking is when you lose your insurance. So let's say today's April 8th and my employer says, I'm sorry, we've got to let you go. Your insurance will go through the end of the month, but as of May 1st, you're not going to have any insurance. Well, the clock starts ticking for that 31-day period on May 31st. It's not the day you actually lose the job, but it's the day you lose your insurance.
0: That makes sense. What about the the young people that were able to stay on mom and dad's plan? Same kind of thing for them, the the under-26 crowd?
1: Exactly. If you're under 26 years old and you've got your own insurance through your job and you lose it, and one of your parents has insurance on their job, you can go on their plan. Again, you've got 31 days to sign up for that also.
0: Now, is this... I get the sense that for the Medicare patient who's like your traditional Medicare patient, it probably doesn't sound like there's really going to be a big impact for them, is there?
1: Um, I would say no, except there are some people where it could be impactful. Um, let's say that you haven't signed up for all of the Medicare plans because you've been working for an insurance company. I'm sorry. Let's say you're over 65, and you still have your job, and your employer is providing your insurance. Okay. Well, I you may you. not have signed up for Medicare, but then when you lose that, you can switch over to Medicare right away.
0: Is there an arduous process to do that, or what's that like?
1: Um, it would be easy for me. I'm a doctor, but most people haven't worked in this area for 30 years. Um, it is complicated. You can go online to Medicare.gov and sign up. Um, If you have trouble doing that, there are some resources to help you. Um, I actually set up a website. It's called medicaredrugsavings.org. It's got an educational video on there that helps walk people through the Medicare process and explains a little bit about the types of Medicare coverage that's available. In every state, there's an organization. It's called the State Health Insurance Assistance Program. It's federally funded. In Georgia, it's called Georgia CARES and you can contact them to get some free one-on-one counseling about signing up for Medicare. Um, Having said that, I suspect this time of year, um, those um, programs are going to be fairly overwhelmed with people trying to reach them.
0: You mentioned an older patient who might be Medicare aged. They've been working on a health plan that's provided by their employer. So if you're like my family, we've been spoiled by the benefits we get through Turner Broadcasting, where my wife works. A very robust plan with lots of benefits. Uh, if somebody's kind of coming out of one of those nice plans, uh, maybe they want to consider something a little bit more akin to that. and Look at the benefit plans that come with, say, Medicare Advantage and Part D plans that cover drugs. Can you talk about what that process looks like?
1: Sure, that's a great question. If you just signed up for what's called traditional Medicare, uh, you don't get any pay, uh, you don't get any coverage for your outpatient medicines. And sometimes that can be very expensive. Um, I can tell you from personal experience, years ago, my mom, uh, got a prescription for a pill to take for her lung cancer. Uh, the cost of the prescription was $79,000 a year, which most people probably don't have in their bank account sitting around. Um, You can sign up for a Medicare D plan, just think D for drugs, and that'll help pay for your medicines. If There's an alternative to that. You can sign up for something called a Medicare Advantage plan. A Medicare Advantage plan is like an HMO. It covers the doctors, the hospitals, tests that need to be done, and it also pays for medicines one of the things to consider about a Medicare Advantage plan, though, is that it may not cover all the doctors or hospitals in your area. Uh, I think it is a very good option for a lot of people. But if you do want to look into that, you want to make sure that you're going to be able to go to the doctors that you want to see.
0: And that kind of plan, if I'm remembering correctly, the Medicare Advantage plans will also come with some of that. Like you'll have premium that you'll be paying, things like that, similar to maybe what you might have been used to from your work. Is that not right?
1: Um, it actually depends on the plan. Um, when you go on Medicare, you have to pay a certain premium every month. It may come out of your Social Security. And the amount of that premium is going to depend on your income. For some people, it may be nothing. For some people, it may be hundreds of dollars a month. The Medicare Advantage plans and the Medicare drug plans also vary in the monthly premiums that you have to pay some of them may have a zero dollar monthly premium so it doesn't cost you anything extra some of them may have an additional premium
0: do those plans work similar to what my more familiar commercial plan works like in terms of the process of getting approved for this or that type of care or that kind of thing
1: um i'd say if you pick one of the Medicare drug plans, there's less of that to go through. If you pick the Advantage plan, it's probably very similar to what you're used to, where the doctors may have to ask approval from the insurance company for certain services.
0: Now, I know that you have, you, you mentioned your website, and we had had a conversation previously about how you're able to help the, some of these people get access to reducing cost on their drug spend. Can you talk a little bit about how that online resource helps kind of with this concept, if I'm not one of those people that as Part D, or even if I do how do, how do, how do I interact with your site to gain some additional benefit from what you're providing? Sure. Well, you just go to the website. It's
1: medicaredrugsavings.org. And as soon as you log on, as soon as you see it, you'll see that there's a video that you can click on. And we go through about an 11-minute talk explaining the different types of Medicare. Uh, the reason I think that's valuable is that when you're going for a plan to pay for your medicines, The cost of the plan is going to depend on what medicines you're taking. So let's just pretend you and your wife are now 65 years old and you're taking your medicines for heart disease and diabetes and she's taking medicines for her breast cancer and glaucoma. Well, the cheapest plan for you is not going to be the cheapest plan for her. And the reason for that is the different plans. One plan will cover one medicine. The other, another plan may not cover that medicine. They may charge, they may charge different copays, which is how much you have to pay for the medicine. So the cheapest plan is really going to depend on what medicines you're taking. When you consider that there's 50 options that you can choose from for people on Medicare in Metro Atlanta, you can realize that the likelihood that you're going to find the cheapest plan randomly is pretty small. Um, Going back to the example of my mom's medicine, I uh, showed an oncologist um, how that you could pick a plan A in Atlanta at that time, and it was $79,000 a year to pay for the medicine. If you pick plan B, it was only $6,600 a year, which is a lot of money, but it sure beats 79000
0: Yeah. Talk about Medicaid. Um, obviously, that's there's going to be a lot of people that are forced into the arena where maybe they're having to consider that as an option. Um, if you can share with the, the listeners what it takes to now become eligible for Medicaid if you fall into that uh, area, you know, and, and I then make it more specific around, you know, for our folks here in Georgia. Sure. Uh, well, Medicaid is a program where the criteria to enter it varies
1: from state to state. It's generally going to be based on your income. Uh, People who make over a certain amount are not going to be eligible for it. People who make less than a certain amount will. And, again, that amount is going to vary from state to state. Typically, it's easier for somebody who's less than 18 years old to get on it, people that are women that are pregnant. It's easier for them to qualify for it. Um, But, again, you really have to go to your state's website and log on and see if you're eligible
0: for it. So it's the kind of thing where it's going to be asking you to put in a few data points of income and that age and that kind of thing, and it'll kind of figure out what you got to do.
1: Correct. And actually, if you are applying for an Obamacare or ACA plan on the ACA website, it gives it can guide you to your state Medicaid website if that's appropriate.
0: When we lose our health plan that's provided by our employer, COBRA, uh, is something that's out there that lets you essentially if – I'm, if I'm remembering how it works correctly, I essentially get to take over – I have the option to take over that cost and keep that option in place. Is that is that right, and are you seeing people try to use that option here?
1: Um, I would say that's correct, and I definitely have some patients who do that, but I'd say it's a small group. The reason for that is that when you go on COBRA – you have to pay whatever part of the premium that you were paying while you were still working. But in addition, you have to pick up whatever the employer was paying too. So for most people to pick up that additional expense when you've lost your paycheck is tough to do.
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean, when I think about uh, around this time, you know, just going through tax records, not that long ago, seeing it's around $14,000 worth of uh, premium being paid by the company. So that's a pretty significant stroke for the folks that want to try to keep that in place. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, sounds like timelines are important. Can you talk about those? You know, high points around you. You know, you mentioned there's some deadlines that 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 start running when certain things happen. You want to cover those timelines again for the for the folks so they can really make sure they have those.
1: Yeah, thanks for asking that because that really is important. If you miss the deadline for taking advantage of one of these options, you're stuck. You just can't go back and say, oops, I made a mistake. Can I get on it now? The answer is going to be no. If you want to go on an ACA or Obamacare plan, you can start applying for that 60 days before you lose your insurance and up until 60 days after you've lost your insurance. If you want to go on a COBRA plan, you have 31 days after you lose the insurance. No, I'm sorry. If you want to go on a COBRA plan, you have 60 days after you lose your insurance to apply for that. If you want to go on a family member's health insurance, a parent if you're under 26, or a
0: spouse, you've got 31 days to do that. When it comes to going to the doctor's office, normally they're asking you for your card and taking down your insurance information and recording it in your, in your record. Um, is there anything that any of the groups are doing that you're aware of that is kind of trying to help some of these people navigate this process where they can, you know, get access to health insurance? Uh,
1: I, th- I think people are going to start doing that, to be honest with you. Um, you know, in the medical profession, just like everybody else, we're trying to uh, deal with things changing on a daily basis as quickly as we can. So when you're trying to think of how do you handle 14 different things, um, you know maybe the 12th, 13th, and 14th don't get addressed as quickly as one might like. But I think that's going to be an issue.
0: Yeah. Um, if you can share your website address again, and then if there's some other resources you think that would be good for folks to to check out, um, let's share those so we can help help folks that might might need to try to stay inside those timelines, get their insurance going. Sure. Uh,
1: The website is
0: medicaredrugsavings.org.
1: Basically, just take three words and put them right together. Medicare, drug, and then savings, and then put a .org after those. Um, Regardless of whether you've got insurance or not, there are other resources available that you can use to help limit your medical expenses. It's a good idea to comparison shop. Uh, I think none of us would sign a contract to buy a car without knowing what the price is. But in today's world, we frequently don't know what a medical service is going to cost when we go to take advantage of it. Now, if you're at home and you can't breathe and you're having a heart attack, you don't really do that. You just say, get me to the hospital where they can keep me alive. But if you've got more time, especially if you don't have any insurance, it's good to ask people up front what it's going to cost. Uh, You can ask this at doctor's offices, you can ask this at hospitals. Um, If you need to buy medicines, you can comparison shop. There was an article in Consumer Reports where they looked at the cost of five different medicines at various pharmacies. And the cost of those five medicines varied from a low of $66 to a high of over $900. These were the exact same drugs. And if you didn't know any better and you said you needed that and you had the money in your checking account and you walked into the pharmacy, they charged $900, they're not gonna tell you you can get it for a fraction of that price down the street. They're gonna say, here you are, here's your medicines, thank you very much. So you can ask a pharmacy what it's gonna cost before you walk in the door. Uh, There are some options where you can go online and get free discount coupons to um, buy medicines at local pharmacies. Uh, There's a Georgia drug card, there's also GoodRx.com, which a lot of people have used. I actually sometimes have patients who are able to get cheaper medicines by using those coupons than they could even by using their insurance, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, some of the um, uh, warehouse operations like Costco and Sam's will have prescription prices that are much cheaper than what you could get at other pharmacies. That's not always the case, but it can occur. Having said that, you can go to these pharmacies without being a member to get a prescription. Um, You can't go there and say, I want some food or I want some toilet paper, but you can go there for your prescriptions. And again, I have a number of patients who do that and save a significant amount of money.
0: Well, um, obviously, it's one of those things, it's it's really hard to see our uh, our neighbors going through this. Um, you have any final thoughts before we let you get back to the rest of your day? I'm sure you're doing some degree of telemedicine, even from where you are today. Um,
1: you know, I would just say that this is an overwhelming time for everybody but um, if you stop and think, okay, what am I going to do if I lose my insurance, or do I know somebody else who might be in that situation? What can they do? If you can pass this information on to them, that can be very helpful. Um, there's going to be a posting on the Medical Association Georgia website with this information, and maybe you could comment a little bit on that also.
0: Awesome, and I want to say thank you very much for joining us today. um, Clearly a topic we want to try to get some information out there about. And for all the folks that are listening today, we hope you turn around and share this. You may just be putting some timely information. As we were discussing earlier, some of these uh, timelines around these events are very important, and they're pretty well set in stone, at least at the time being. So um, we'll appreciate all the folks that, that can share this information around their social media platforms. And of course, I would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the work that you were doing, Dr. Cohen, and your your colleagues and those folks in the hospital. Um, it's been a long time for me since I used to work in the units, and I try to imagine myself having to go into the hospital today to, to work, and I, I have a lot of respect uh, for those folks, uh, yourself included, uh, providing care on an ongoing basis um, while we're trying to deal with this, because clearly all of us are at risk for being around it. So um, I want to acknowledge that sacrifice uh, as well. And then, uh, of course, for all the folks here at the Medical Association of Georgia, uh, making the show possible, uh, we want to say thank you very much. And uh, we'll catch up with you on the next episode. We'll probably be right here uh, remote again, but uh, we look forward to seeing you then. Thanks, Dr. Thanks. Thank- Thanks a lot. for watching this episode of Top Docs. Please share this program with your colleagues and family and friends. Remember to follow MAG on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget you can get past episodes of the show at mag.org backslash From everybody at MAG, we look forward to catching up with you on our next episode of Top Docs.